We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of The Cast Next Door, where we enjoy your mother's cookies. With me today, a guest who has been on the last four episodes, which have gone up this week, minute 21 to 24, the uh, the chicken cooking, and um, uh, I'm going to say relations minutes. Uh, they were hosted by Josh, and he did a, a great job with his guest, Shannon, who, as always, was fantastic. And with them was... Timothy Fargus. Hello. Now the minutes, the you kind of got the um, <laughs> the seduction minutes. Uh, yeah, it I was think it was the... pretty steamy. I mean, it didn't it didn't quite peak with us, but it but it got most of the way there. Yes, was... the 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 um, <laughs> the climax of those minutes are coming up this week, um, starting with minute twenty five. But yeah. We get, um, you know, if we can kind of discuss what you covered, which is um, Noah's strategy, I think, uh, which I've discussed with a few people, which is um, like he, he obviously he wants to seduce J-Lo. He began by fixing her garage, um, which is, you know, the way to a woman's heart is, a, of course, a, a working directly through door. the garage. Yeah, she, yeah. you know, because no woman wants to get out of the car and open up a garage door. That's just that's that's not ladylike. Um, so no. <laughs> he also got himself in the thrall of the nerdiest kid in the village, which is, uh, you know, her son, who apparently is allergic to everything. And He's allergic to everything. Yeah, he can. He can He's allergic to stress and the concept of <laughs> boxing and he can he can barely cope and uh, just before uh, you know your minutes began uh, i think the the boys had gone away for the weekend to mammoth lakes which had been proposed during the saddest birthday in the world earlier That's on right. in the film um <laughs> you know if you're turning they never said an age for him but i I'm, I'm gonna guess 17 he's tur- he was turning 17 i'm gonna guess that makes sense yeah. yeah if you're turning 17 and the only people at your birthday party are your mom and dad that's it's, that's not a good show and it's not good the cake didn't have like a number of candles on either it was just like a plain cake anyway uh, during that time, Garrett proposed the whole family go to Mammoth Lakes, and uh, J-Lo quite sensibly turned it down, uh, you know, said, make it a boys' trip. So the boys are out of town. Uh, J-Lo has just come back from what I'm going to say is one of the world's worst blind dates, set up, yeah. set up by one of the world's worst friends. Uh, yeah, boy, <laughs> just, just both of them were... Everything about that whole setup was awful. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and so obviously, she, you know, uh, J-Lo was, was back home alone, doing a bit of late night reading, uh, looking forlornly at the cookies on the plate. 
as you do. <laughs> and and then she gets, you know, the call that will, I I think we could say, kind of kickstart Act 2 of this film. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah, like Act 1, I think, has been very, I mean, not long, because it doesn't feel that long. But the first kind of 20 minutes, it's just a lot of information, a lot of backstory, a lot of exposition. Um, you know, when you think about it, the events that happen are just the door being fixed and, uh, you know, the birthday party and then this blind date. So there's not really much happened right. in this these first kind of 20 minutes. But now, um, you know, Noah calls because he's tried to cook at, at like, I don't know, what, is it 10 o'clock at night? Something like that. He's tried to cook a whole chicken. Yeah. Or... He's, he, he's trying to defrost the chicken in the microwave, but then he thinks... He can eat it after that, or part of it, or something. I don't know. It, it didn't. I mean, it, as excuses go to get somebody over, it was pretty thin. I thought. Yeah, and I mean, if if you're a guy and you want to seduce, you know, your next door, you know, your next door neighbor, I would think that try, like maybe try cooking like I don't know, like a souffle or something, like something, <laughs> right. something. Because like if someone if someone called me up and was like, oh, I tried to cook, you know, let's, you know, let's assume I know how to cook, which I don't, but. If, if if I knew how to cook, and my next door neighbor was like, I tried to cook a souffle, you know, it it it, it didn't work. I couldn't get. Can you come over and you know show me? Because I know you make a great souffle. Like that's something that you'd think. Oh yeah, someone like late at night might make themselves a souffle. You know, chocolate right. souffle be nice as like a late night snack. But like exactly. defrosting a whole chicken just I I, I don't <laughs> yeah. understand. It 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 really didn't make that much sense to me. And then she she got over there like we just catch the tail end of when they're eating it and she says, she says something to the effect of, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't even salvage that. It was pretty bad. Oh no. She, she's talking about the date. She says, Oh the, yeah, the date was pretty bad. Like that chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and which, which really, I mean, is inappropriate that she's discussing her dating life with this kid. Who's going to be in school with her son. I mean, she doesn't know that he's going to be auditing her class at this point, but, I mean, also, he just he just tried to defrost a chicken. Maybe he defrosted it too long, but I, I don't think that should make it completely unsalvageable. But yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know with like salmonella and whatever. I wouldn't risk it myself. <laughs> but uh, I, I, there would be something to suggest that so long as the chicken is you know thawed out, it's not like a process you have to do speedily. It just has to right. eventually arrive at the point where you can start cooking it. So yeah, exactly. I. I, I you know, they've thrown away a perfectly good chicken uh, for yes. for no reason. Um, or I guess if you're Noah for the best reason in the world, um, which, <laughs> you know, is what happens next, which is um, he seduces her with the line. Has anyone ever told you you're beautiful or something? Something along those lines, isn't it? It's like, um, yeah. Has anyone ever told you how beautiful you are? I... Which I which which I, you know, which I'm going to guess. Uh, you know, being Jennifer Lopez and looking as she has <laughs> since yeah. like 1989 or whenever she first came into the public eye, I'm right. going to guess she's been told. Yeah, I, I would say at least 20 to 30 times a day, someone has probably yeah. said to her, she looks beautiful. <laughs> and even if she just walks past a mirror or looks in a spoon or, you know, takes a CD out and sees a reflection in the CD, she knows she's beautiful. This is not... She this is not news. Yeah. You know. She can tell. She can tell. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think that actually kind of that line is not really about Noah and Claire on the screen. I think that is that is essentially for the audience. It's for maybe, you know, the women who are the same age as J-Lo, who have gone to the cinema to watch this film and who are maybe, you know, would want to be in her shoes. 
of having sure of having uh, of having Noah, you know, sitting across the table from them, telling them that they're beautiful. So, I th- I think at that point, that's kind of almost like looking out to the audience, um, which I'm going to guess at most screenings was like 99% female, and saying to them, "Look, you're beautiful," and this hunky guy um, thinks you're beautiful. Well, and and this this hunky guy who he's a student but we're very careful to point out that he's almost 20 so it's okay to to be fantasizing about this whole thing yeah right yeah i yeah i think they're extremely careful to put themselves in the position where it's okay for the audience to to fantasize about being in in j-lo's enviable position um of you know having (laughs) of having ryan guzman sitting across the table like i i think right i think that's what they're kind of saying to the audience at this point I think that line is less for, you know, Claire, who obviously knows she's beautiful. Um, and like he said earlier, when, when she showed the, the kind of the shoes to him, um, you know, he was like, you know, people who need these shoes are like people who are trying too much, which again, is kind of like the, you know, you look, you look beautiful, even if you're just wearing like sweatpants and like a, a ratty old t-shirt. It's that kind of exactly. line of, of kind of flattery that I'm going to say works <laughs> because... Uh, within a couple of minutes, uh, and I think, you know, this is something that I know that, that certainly you and Shannon and Josh brought up. There's a kind of a little bit of an uncomfortable thing where, I, I mean, he kind of, she's saying no quite a lot during right. the, during the kind of the, <laughs> the next couple of minutes. She's kind of trying to, I mean, uh, I guess because the film is written by a woman, I I'm kind of willing to give it a bit more of a benefit of the doubt that it's kind of you know given it's because it's clearly meant to be a fantasy that you know maybe in that situation you know the the kind of interactions that they're having aren't as bad as they could be if you see what right. i'm saying I, yeah i i think i i mean i think the way that it was conceived may have been a little bit different than the way it, it totally came across to me like you know i think i think her nose are supposed to be very sort of perfunctory but she's really giving in but in in the movie i don't know it it read a little bit more like she was saying no a little bit more forcefully than than they may have intended i don't know yeah but but i mean it's it's clear by the time they start getting to it that she's into it yeah, and, and then obviously, you know, that goes on for like another... After the minutes that you covered, it continues for, I think, two more minutes before we get to the morning after. Right. Uh, which I think is, is kind of like in three episodes' time. The question I have is, what exactly is... like I Noah's plan, obviously, if he had a plan, and that is a subject of debate that people have discussed, <laughs> is to see Jennifer Lopez naked. That is his end goal, and he achieves Certainly. it you know, in the kind of next few minutes. And then the morning after, she was clearly, you know, she'd had a lot of wine. She wasn't happy with the, you know, the, the date. She was alone. There were a lot of factors that led her to, to you know, willingly go over to his house. Uh, that clearly she, if she, you know, if she was a little bit, you know, sober, more sober or if she'd had a better blind date or, you know, she may not have made that choice. Right. And it's clear from that point on that, Noah seems to see this as a start of a relationship, whereas J Lo clearly sees it as the one night stand that it is. Uh, well, and that, that's that's the thing that that's really kind of tough for me to square is 
the next day he's he's acting like, hey, you're my girlfriend now. And she obviously isn't. But then it becomes clear later on in the film, it becomes clear later on in the film that he really staged this whole thing and he had cameras set up. He had cameras set up. It was as though he was setting out to blackmail her in the first place, which I, it made me wonder, does he do this every time he has a sexual encounter with anybody just in case, or did he kind of foresee this whole situation unfolding in advance and that he might need some leverage against her. And that was why he set up all these cameras and everything in the first place. I don't, it yeah. really doesn't this is, hold I mean, up that much. I was going to say this is kind of why there's been a little bit of discussion about how much of Noah, like how much of how much was he planning ahead? You know, how much like from the moment he sees J Lo holding up the the garage door, is his in his mind? Is he thinking, you know, I am going to have sex with her, but also I'm going to set up a load of cameras <laughs> so that later on I can blackmail her into having more sex if I need to. Or I like. I mean, uh, unless maybe he was setting up the secret cameras just for his own personal viewing enjoyment later, and then he happened to uh, maybe be able to use them for blackmail. I feel that if this film was, if this film felt slightly more contemporary, because there's a kind of a little bit of a disconnect in that, you know, we have some mobile phones in this in this film, but we don't really have people like on their phones all the time, or like right. it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like it's you know out of date, but it doesn't seem like it's it's to me it doesn't seem like this film is 2015. It seems like it's no, a couple of years ago. It seems like an older movie that they put a couple of modern touches into. Otherwise, like him setting up cameras everywhere and all that kind of stuff could be a commentary on how little privacy we have and all that kind of stuff. But as it is, I think it's just um, it's just a way for him to have an evidence dungeon like later on in the film. I think I don't I'm not right. sure. Like it doesn't it doesn't seem like it was something that he was like particularly planning. It just seems like something that was kind of thrown in as, oh, well, how, you know, like for later on in the film, you know, when she's in a class and there's all those photocopies and stuff like that. It feels like someone said, well, how would he get those pictures? And they were just like, oh, well, then obviously he must have had cameras. And that, that feels like a kind of like a, a, that they've worked backwards to that point rather than right. the cameras were there as a, as part of a bigger plan. Right. It's like, oh, you know what would really freak her out? If we put these pictures of her all over the classroom. And it's like, yeah, but yeah. how do you get these pictures? It's like, well, he must have had cameras. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why do you have cameras? Nobody will be thinking about that by then. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, so I th it just seems to be like a, a small kind of like leap of logic where they're just like, look, he had cameras. We don't need to... Uh, and later on when he seduces uh, Ali in full view of, of Claire, um, yes. like... That's not where the cameras were. Like he had the cameras set up in the downstairs, rather than yeah. like in his bedroom. So I, I don't know. He, it seems like unless he also had cameras in his bedroom, we never get to find out about. But again, it's like a, you just it's had like a who, full house you, setup. Yeah, it's like if you were gonna if you're gonna seduce someone, when you inevitably think you're gonna end up in the bedroom, isn't that where you would set up the cameras, rather than? just having them in downstairs in the dining room and whatever that just seems yeah. like a really but i guess maybe if the whole house is wired for sound then it you know it it, it doesn't that's not important clearly we're thinking way too much about something that exactly the writer I... kind of just did as a way to get to a scene later on did you actually enjoy this film when you watched it and you know what were your thoughts when you did see it i enjoyed the hell out of it actually um i i thought it was a lot of fun and it was just crazy out of the gate and and so 
much stuff that didn't really make too much sense happened. Like the, the thing that jumps out at me is like when uh, when Noah beats up Kevin's bully, like he he nearly kills him. Yeah, and he should be in jail for assault for that. Like there's there's not really any question about that, but he doesn't seem to suffer any consequences besides being sort of toothlessly expelled by Vicky. Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny actually, because like that is kind of like something that a lot of people have noticed is like uh, when he kind of karate kicks his way into Jason Zimmer and then keeps smashing his head into the, um, into the locker to the point where the camera flips inside the locker so we can see his head yeah. being smashed in. To, I think a lot of people are kind of identify that as the moment when the the film kind of just goes takes kind of a left turn into being like totally crazy. Like up until that point, I think things have been quite grounded. If you can, you know, like if you can believe it, yeah, a, you know, a, a, a teacher and a a teacher and a student getting it on. It's almost like up until that point, it could have been a TV movie. It could have been like a lifetime original movie. And then it's like, Oh, Hey, wait, remember we're like an R rated movie. We can have an ultra violent scene if we want to, you know, like it, it had almost had a, a sort of standard kind of TV movie thing going for me before that, but that scene. And, and then especially at the end with the eyes <laughs> yeah uh yeah i mean it, it was like hey remember we're we're a feature film here we can we can do more i would say that kind of like the crux of this film you know uh, being um I, I feel we would agree it's it's kind of it's not a great movie but i don't think it's a terrible movie i think it's very watchable and i think a lot of that has to do with jennifer lopez and her central performance you know, because she has a lot of, like, to start off with, a lot of the exposition is about her character. You know, yeah. she's she's breaking up with, with Garrett. You know, she her friend is Vicky. Her son is Kevin. You know, everything is uh, filtered through the lens of her character. She's in, uh, you know, a lot of the film. There were a few scenes with Kevin and um, Noah by themselves kevin and noah hanging out at the hardware store yeah there, like there are a few kind of kevin and noah scenes in the film but it's mostly jennifer lopez like she's on the screen i would say at least 90 percent of the time so you know right what, what did you feel about her performance in the film in general i thought she was fine i thought she got in there and did what she needed to do i mean it it, it didn't she didn't wow me but i thought she gave it what what it needed, you know? Yeah. Um, she, you know, she just needed to be sort of in over her head and, and perplexed, and she sold that to me. Obviously, uh, this is one Jennifer Lopez film that you have seen. <laughs> so uh, have you seen other Jennifer Lopez films? As I'm thinking about it, I've definitely seen Out of Sight, and I love that, and yeah. it's wonderful, and, and she's great in it. Just everything about that movie is, is so good. Um, I, I think, I mean, she was in what like the first 10 minutes of jersey girl and i don't remember almost anything yeah, about that movie <laughs> yeah that was uh, i mean that uh, was the one two punch of Geely, which i think came out like two months before jersey girl i also saw Geely, i think and i oh, did also you? don't I've... remember almost anything about it <laughs> i i've never seen Geely myself <clears throat> I, all i know is that there's like a notorious scene about where they where she where benefer once again um, yes. have sex and 
she says something about gobble gobble and yeah it's it's turkey time gobble gobble yeah which yes that's that i mean it's that it's, sounds like 20 times more terrible than anything that could possibly be in the boy next door so yes i i completely agree i never saw really any of the romantic comedies or anything but yeah a lot of aside from out of sight it, it all struck me as as somewhat forgettable and and i mean she's really really good in out of sight i mean she can she can turn in a good performance and i think it's kind of a shame that that people haven't really found a way to to get out of her what soderbergh got out of her in that compared to stuff that that jennifer lopez had been doing like all those romantic comedies i think boy next door is you know a bit of a step up from those at least yeah yeah i i thought it was really fun to watch i mean it it really hummed along and didn't give me that much of a chance to think about it while it was going. Yeah. And it was, you know, it kept me on the edge of my seat sometimes (laughs) because I couldn't quite figure out what was going on, but sometimes because it was just exciting. And, and yeah, I thought, I thought JLo did a a fine job. I thought I quite like Ryan Guzman. Um, I, I feel like, he was in maybe a little bit different movie than everybody else. Like he, <laughs> yeah. he really was camping it up, but I, I sort of appreciated that because the turn that his character makes is so abrupt that I felt like it only was explained to me by the fact that he was sort of a cartoon character. Yeah. I, I, I also, obviously everyone loves Kristen Chenoweth. Um, yes. you know, she's great. Uh, but in this in this particular film, I think you're meant to, you're meant to hate Vicky a little bit because she's not a very good friend to Jennifer Lopez, no. even though she is reasonably saying, you know, uh, leave Garrett. That's you know that's a one sensible thing. But then because of that terrible blind date and I, it just I I, I it's, I'm call, always on the fence because I can never quite decide if you're if. You know, I like I love her performance in it, but again, I hate the character so much for being terrible. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, which I guess means she succeeded at, at her job. Right, she filled the role that that the script demanded of her. I think. Yeah, and I, do you know what? Here's the funny thing. Um, apparently, Ryan Guzman was in two of the Step Up films. <laughs> really? Yeah, he was in. He returned a, 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 as a character. Um, he's in the new Gem and the Holograms that everyone has already decided they hate. Uh, and he's going to be on Heroes Reborn, which is the, the new season of Heroes oh, that's, right. I think, starting in a month's time or as this episode goes out. Um, and the, the funny thing is, obviously, if he's in the Step Up films, that means he can dance. And we've also got Kristen Chenoweth and Jennifer Lopez who can sing. So I have, right. I have to feel that I'm a little disappointed that at some point we didn't get some kind of song and dance from the that's three a- of them. Um, That's a real wasted opportunity, right? <laughs> yeah, um, you know. Uh, so I, I feel like I feel like we've lost something. Uh, yeah, they, they could have made this a musical, right? At least for at least for kind of like the middle ten minutes or something. You know, they could have like some kind of songs. some kind of dream sequence or something. I don't know. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez could have looked across and saw that uh, that Ryan was. Um, you know, practicing some dancing, or no, what should I say? He was practicing some yeah. dancing in his room, just doing some moves. You know, they could they could have busted him out. Um, that's right. You know, there was, uh, you know, so that was a, that's a little disappointing, I guess. Um, and obviously, um, John Corbett, 
uh, who kind of has a thankless task of being the cheating husband. Yeah. You know, I feel he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't do much with the role. He just kind of does what's necessary. But I feel, you know, he, I think he was okay in the film. He certainly. I thought he was fine. I mean, I mean, I didn't, it didn't even strike me that it was John Corbett until late into the movie. <laughs> I leaned over to my wife and I said, did you, did you know that was John Corbett? She's like, yeah, I knew that was John Corbett. And I was like, oh, I didn't even notice until now. Yeah. He, he kind of needed to fill that, that space that the plot demanded of him. And he kind of was faded into the background for me. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously without his long, luscious locks that he had in uh, my big fat Greek wedding, <laughs> That's right. I think maybe he's a little harder to recognize. Yeah. Um, and whereas, you know, Jennifer Lopez, you know, time has been kind to her. I think it's been slightly less kind to, to John Corbett. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know he would have a, a, uh, sort of Richard Gere phase to him. Yeah. I, do, I, I like, and obviously J-Lo has starred opposite uh, Richard Gere in Shall We Dance. That's right. That's um, right. So, you know, she's familiar with playing against a slightly older man. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tim, for joining me to discuss um, the film more generally. Um, you know, uh, I, I think... Uh, it's always fun to hear from the people who've just covered the minutes that we've we've kind of just seen uh, to kind of get their perspective on on their thoughts of the film overall. Yeah, I, <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. Um, so uh, can we follow you anywhere on the internet, or are, are you? Um, I not I I don't really have much of a footprint. I mean, you know, if if you want to go back and listen to the last four episodes of the cast next door, you can find me there. Okay, and you can follow us on Twitter at First Ed Iliad. You can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or a load of other places. If you, <laughs> if you search for the cast next door, I think inevitably you will find us. So thank you very much for listening to this bonus episode, and thank you, Tim, for being here. All right, thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. This is a first edition?